Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women on life after 50 who are unafraid to age out loud. I'm your host, Katie Fogarty. All February long, we are talking about love and self-care here at A Certain Age. Today, I'm joined by Christine Marie Mason, the founder of Rosebud Woman, which is a line of luxury plant-based wellness products that is committed to awakening self-love and reverence for the feminine in the world. Christine's official bio is as many-petaled as her company's namesake, Rose. She is a podcaster and author. Over the arc of her career, she's a six-time founder and former tech CEO, a futurist, a yogi, and the co-founder of a meditation center, Medicinal Farm on Hawaii. A mother, stepmother, and grandmother, she's also pursuing a PhD in philosophy. And while this is not on her official bio, she and Rosebud Woman are the creator of a divine body oil called Anoint made with natural nourishing ingredients like jasmine, sunflower, apricot, West Indian, lemongrass, and more. It's saving my skin during our bitter East Coast winter. Welcome, Christine. Thank you so much. I love that intro, a many-petaled rose. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was literally, I mean, as I said, I absolutely love the Anoint body oil. I've been using it every day for, for months now. But when I went to learn more about you and your background, I was really struck by your your diverse career span. And it it made me think of that Walt Whitman quote about how one person can contain multitudes because you've had a career with with sort of multiple channels. So what made you launch Rosebud Woman? It's actually an integration of all the other stuff. So, you know, I started, I, I had children super young. I got married super young and had my first child at 18 and I had four by the time I was in my mid-20s. And I had gone also gone to business school and I tried to become a corporate consultant in one of those big firms. And it was beautiful work, really impactful work, but I, I couldn't figure out how to dovetail that with raising a family. And so I started to entrepreneuring, I guess, starting companies really young. And that one of the companies I started just happened to be timing with the first dot-com uh, boom, the in the introduction of the internet. And so the work that I was doing unautomated, I automated and started a company. And that continued, you know, while I was raising them, they there were a lot of mouths to feed. And I had developed this expertise in technology. But at the same time, you I had to go through this process personally of reclaiming my feminine self, like do learned yoga, learned massage, all kinds of plant medicines. And there was this 20 year parallel track of leading businesses and leading companies and learning how to be with the world and be nature as a woman. And then when I sold my last company, I was going to retire, travel the world with my new lover, but I couldn't get this idea out of my mind. So I merged these two themes and did this thing. So I feel it's more like a culmination and integration um, than a sort of a departure. Um, I, I love how you use the word integration too, because it's it's the symbol of the rose. I mean, every aspect is is sort of distinct and unique. Every petal, but it, you know, together it makes it makes it whole. And it it's so interesting to hear um, a little bit more about your personal journey. One of the things that really struck me also about Rosebud Women when I spend time on the on the website is not just that you're offering the beautiful and nourishing skincare and wellness formulations, but you really offer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's again, it's that integration. You offer information and products that nurture other aspects of feminine, you know, the feminine uh, self. You have the invitation, daily love for your intimate self. You describe it as a book designed to elicit wonder at the miracle of the feminine body. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about why you decided to um, surround your 
your kind of uh, wellness products with this type of information? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you really honed in on it by choosing the word integration. What I felt was that the pelvic basin, a woman's intimate life, was really separated from the rest of her body. Like it was uh, shrouded in lack of information, misinformation, shame, sexual shame, period shame, uh, a lack of understanding by a young girl about what the life of an older woman's body is like, like just so much, like a black hole basically in the body. And so to reinstate the pelvic basin into its rightful place as part of a woman's entire body actually takes movement on a lot of different levels in the mind, like knowing the facts and the information about your body and in the sort of the, the, the psyche, not just the mind, but all of the overlays on the mind that come from culture. Like who does your body belong to? What's your right relationship to pleasure? Um, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that's all part of some of the material. So in order to reduce shame and help women everywhere love their bodies, we had to really focus on integration and filling in the gaps on education. When we started, people didn't know the difference between vulva and vagina. Um, a lot of women still don't. Sure. And if you like, if you invite a group of girls to point to the parts of their anatomy, um, only 10% can correctly name even two parts in their whole pelvic region. So I felt like we had to really, uh, you know, immerse the products with information around body love. Uh, yeah, they couldn't just stand alone in a vacuum. Right. That's astonishing about the the body parts. But I guess it makes sense because, it you know, it is hard for a girl or woman to to see this part of her, you know, anatomy, even though it's so central to uh, to self and, and identity as a female and to, um, you know, uh, eventually, you know, sex and, and, and potentially motherhood. So, uh, so what are some of the ideas that you share mm. in the invitation? You know, because you talk about daily love for your intimate self. So can you share with our listeners what some of the um, recommendations are from the book and maybe how you practice some of these ideas in your own life? The first part is around reinstating your own reverence and connection to your body. So um, when I was first going to yoga teacher training a couple of decades ago, I had this wonderful teacher, Shiva Ray, and she was one of the only leading female yoginis in sort of the Western yoga movement. And she taught us a, pro a practice called abhyanga or anointing yourself from head to toe, where you would touch your whole body. And she said, and I touch my pussy and my ass every day. And I love it. And so I, I you know, at the time, I was like torturing myself into a size two and, you know, four little kids and trying to do triathlons. I mean, I was like really trying to manipulate and dominate my body instead of like loving it and letting it be emergent for what it was. And so I started with that practice of just touching my body and massaging it every single day and saying, thank you, feet. Thank you, shins. Thank you, knees. And, and that process over 30 or 40 days totally transformed my relationship to how I wanted to live inside of my own skin. So a good amount of the practices in the invitation have to do with that, like accepting, deeply looking at your unique configuration in, in your skin. And then that includes things like dry brushing and helping it, you know, care for the skin. There's a whole section on the toxic loads of, of our, of our products, of our food, wanting people to really support and nourish. Like these are all part of self-love, uh, helping them changing the inner script of how you talk to yourself is part of it. And then of course, there's a whole bunch on touch 
and and different forms of touch and how to touch your intimate parts and getting to know and appreciate it, naming them. Um, those are all parts of that particular book. And then I did a little companion journal called the Body Love uh, Journal, and it is basically little check boxes. How did I love my body today? And kind of a you know insert box, and then some room to describe what was the relationship with your body. I, I love that you that you use the exp- I love that you use the expression you know how do you talk to yourself because one of my uh, earlier guests in January a woman by the name of Lisa McCarthy kicked off season uh, two and talked about how you how you sort of talk to yourself you know in your brain you know how you um, you know sort of the notion of being your own advocate and and talking to yourself the way you would communicate to somebody you love like a child or a friend and and that oftentimes women don't do that so she talked a little bit about the idea of being an inner coach you know versus an inner critic but it's i like to hear the way you're talking about it it's about being an inner coach around our our physical body because sometimes women are you know, are, are, are sort of unkind to ourselves. We look and we compare ourselves to the women that we see in fashion magazines or, you know, there's a sort of cultural obsession with youth. And as we age, we can begin to start to feel, you know, um, I don't know, maybe embarrassed about our body. Do you do you feel that that it's, it sounds like you went through this yoga training and you had a wonderful uh, yoga teacher who really helped you reframe how you look at your own body. But do you feel that aging has made you you know, kinder in the way that you look at yourself? Has that evolved your appreciation for your body and what it can do? Yeah, it's it's that. I've had two great lovers who like my big butt. That really <laughs> helped a lot. And uh, so I will, I don't want to like diminish that. It's not all self-talk. Um, but that that what I noticed in myself is I appreciate and and think a lot of different shapes and sizes are beautiful. And so why wouldn't I turn that same kind lens on myself but what we do, what I did, and I think it's you know somewhat uh, widespread, is we get internalized a should message from the media early, and then we don't even need the media to re- to reinforce it. It's already in our own heads, and there's a, a a should mentality that emerges from that. Like, oh, I should get my 45 minutes of cardio in. I should do this. I should look this way. I should wear things that squeeze my body into a smaller shape. God help us all. And uh, and I, I, I the big shift was going into non-dominance of the body, but emergence and saying, so lovely body, what would you like today? What would feel good to you? What would you like to do? Do you want to move your shoulder this way? Do you want to put on some fun music and dance? Do you want to be in nature? And like really get into an inquiry about what my own body, need, my body's own needs were and let that lead instead of some dominant idea. And the quieter that I got inside, the more the body's own wisdom would reveal itself. So and- that's been a huge shift. And of course I have, you know, like I'm living in a community right now where there are a lot of women in their 20s and 30s. And I'm trying to practice compersion, which is joy in their joy in their tiny little booty shorts. And <laughs> I'm really happy to see them. And I'm, you know, like I'm past the booty short age for me, but I do go and swim naked at the beach. So, you know, it's not about, yeah. I mean, there's a whole level, complex level of feelings there. Of course. And I think that's that's something that a lot of women have. I mean, I, um, you know, I have a 20 year old daughter and she's gorgeous and she's 20 and her friends are beautiful and 20 and I can appreciate their beauty and uh, still appreciate the beauty of the women in my circle. It's, you know, it's different. As you as you said, the, the world is full of different shapes and sizes and ages and 
you know, we have to be compassionate to ourselves and, and not, I guess, what is it? Comparison is the thief of joy. Um, you know, we have to find joy in, in what we have going on, I guess. Has your concept of, of, of self-care, you know, changed at all during the pandemic? Because I feel like that we, we are still uh, on a wave of, of um, kind of chaotic change in the way a lot of us live our lives and, and, and manage our days. And it's been a, a year that's very dislocating. You, have you found, like in the past, I might have thought of self-care as being something indulgent, you know, like a spa day or, or a massage. But for me now, uh, self-care is not watching the news and going to bed early. You know, ha- has your definition of self-care changed? Yeah, we're going to go back to the word integration. Like the self-care for me is about living in integrity now. Like, am I speaking what I mean? Is my yes a yes? Is my no a no? Am I being honest? Am I living with people who are being honest? That the ultimate self-care is designing a life that li- that is coming from this integral place. And what what's when when you're very busy and you have a lot of places to go and a lot of people to please, the denial of self-care is the denial of what your actual needs and desires are. And so I feel like self-care begins with that. What do I actually need and what do I desire before I impose on myself the needs of other people? And that can, of course, be embodiment, feeding yourself good food, making your morning juice, you know, taking your walk, whatever it happens to be. Um, but for the most part, it's a shift in, in attitude about being worthy of care. And it's a political act. Self-love is a political act because once I begin to say that I am a magnificent creature of the divine, I am totally here and worthy just as I am. And hey, damn it, I believe that I deserve equal health care. And I believe that I should be protected from abusive systems. Self-love begins an outrippling of care for the feminine. And so I feel like that that deep that deep self love um, isn't as you're saying just about a spa day or something. It's about coming into the recognition that you are completely worthy and acting out of that. That is so beautiful, and, and I feel like that's something that I hear as a theme when I have these conversations with the guests on my show. That that the women I'm talking to for the most part are over fifty. They're mid fifties. They're in their sixties, and there is the sense that they they are finally deeply connected to what it is that they need in their lives and how they're moving about their um their their, their daily life. So if if you were if if we had a listener right now who is feeling like they need a little bit of encouragement, you know that they want to kind of harness some of this this energy and 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 more closely pay attention to their own needs. I think it's about being a good listener. What would you recommend to people who who need encouragement to be a better listener of their own needs? I would recommend silence. Interesting. <laughs> and then there's a long silence. And then there's a long silence. I love it. It's... No. <laughs> no, there's, I, would, I seriously would recommend silence. Like there's no, you, in order to put a bubble around yourself, like a, a, a space for listening, you have, have to have some called out space where there's no, no inputs, just a little bit every day, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. People call it meditation. It's not for me like I'm trying to ascend and not have thoughts. I'm trying to get enough space away from other people's needs and the noise of the world, definitely not social media news, et cetera, and, and make a buffer zone where my ears can open and inspiration can drop in. And that might be the hardest thing to ask for. Stop doing 
get quiet and start listening and let your magnificent body and the wisdom of the environment tell you what you need. So I am, yeah, I'm getting I feel a- like that's made a huge difference in my life. That's so beautiful. And I feel like that's something that we can incorporate into our our days, even if um, COVID has changed how we're living. You know, we may not be able to easily go to a yoga class the way we used to, or we may not be able to, um, you know, hop a plane and, and sort of have an experience away from our lives. But we can find the opportunity to sit quietly for 20 minutes and, and um kind of pay attention to our own needs. You know, it's, it's, I think this is really hard as a mom. I mean, I, I have three kids. Um, my husband, we're all at home. We're all sheltering in place together. And it has been difficult to carve out uh, time to, to have that silence. You, one of the things that I noticed when I was mm-hmm. on the Rosebud Woman website is that you have a family-run business, which, is, which I think is so interesting. How do you carve out space... Um, to for yourself how do you keep your um your your personal and your professional life separate or or is this idea of this integration practice in your business yeah i'll say i'll first i'll speak to like where i make space i have a pretty rigid morning routine and it's you know no i don't do media before i do my morning gratitudes and i do my morning sit and I get up earlier than everyone else, except my my partner currently also does it with me. So that's a blessing. And we, you know, we'll do, do some reading, we'll read a poem, we'll share a chant, we'll do something like that. And then we'll just sit in silence for 20 or 30 minutes and listen to the birds or whatever. And then I do my media and I begin my day. And it's when I, the kids were little, when they were at home, I did the same thing in a, you know, in a different way. I did my routines before they woke up and it does take a little bit of you having to be a morning person. You could also do it at night, but I would say it just sets the tone for everything else in your life in such a beautiful way. Now the kids, um, I started this. So, so this business, the other businesses I did, Katie were like venture founded and I had to go and pitch male dominated venture teams to get financing to, you know, to start that. If I had to go four years ago and pitch a male-dominated team to do pussy-suticles, there is no way that I would have gotten funded. It was not even a category. So the difference in this business and the and how it relates to doing it with my kids is I use my own capital to start this business. And I decided I was going to make it beautiful and and exquisite and high ingredients and just trust my instincts that you know this sort of adoration, reverence super high quality ingredients were going to resonate with a certain sector of women. I did all the research on what people's needs were and formulated the first four products from that. And in the first year, I sold $18,000 worth of product. In It was nothing. In the second year, it was like $700,000. In the third year, it was a million eight. And, and I didn't really have the capital to go and hire a snazzy CMO. And I just ended up finding out that my family had all of the skills necessary. My daughter is a Parsons professor of design and, you know, she's got an amazing photographic and design eye. My son was running operations and finance and knew a ton about e-commerce. And by the time we pieced it all together, what took it from this nothing to a couple million dollars in two years was um, the combination of love and trust. And we only have a team of five. 
That's amazing. So it's been an astonishing journey. And and the and the speed like we were we're doing as a group the the five of us are doing an old book Stephen Covey's The Speed of Trust and how when you have trust on your team how fast things move and how little there is left on the table and how there's no backroom gossip and why that's so vital that's what you get in a healthy family business and and so two of the five of us are uh, two of the five employees are family. That's I, I love hearing that story, and they um, I cannot wait to link in the show notes to your uh, Instagram, to your website, because your packaging is beautiful. Your social media is so uplifting. It's educational and it's stunning. It's really everything is gorgeous. The the uh, the colors. Um, tell me a little bit more about the, the actual product yourself, because I would love to, for our listeners to know what you know. What is Rosebud Woman? What are what are the products that you offer, and and you know why should they be intrigued about you know including them in their own days? Um, th- well, thanks for the opportunity to talk about the products because you know when I first started it, um, I think that there was a lot of confusion among people about why women would need special care for this part of their body. And I said, well, the reason you don't know that 60% of women have moisture issues in the vulva and the vaginal canal is because it's embarrassing and people don't talk about it. But the facts are that women who have lost a significant amount of estrogen, whether it's through aging or it's through cancer treatments or it's through certain kinds of medications like bipolar medications or any uh, kind of thing, some, some things for uh, circulation, that there are physiological responses that dry out the vulva and make sex painful and, you know, basically create a lack of resilience in the tissue. And so the first thing that we wanted to do was make a beautiful intimate moisturizer that felt like a it, it goes on like a thick balm and turns into an oil with heat. And that it's got ingredients that are specifically designed to replenish the tissues and make them more bouncy and help them retain moisture long term. So it's both topical and it does some good stuff on the on the actual skin. And then the other thing that a lot of people don't know is that the tissue right past the line where the hair ends and like just like on your lips, there's a line where there's external texture and then you go on the inside of the lip and there's more of a glossy texture. That's the same in the vaginal lips and the labia. Um, and that on the inside of that line, the skin isn't keratinized and it's 10 times more absorbent than any other skin on the body. Wow. And so with this information, it goes directly into the bloodstream. Um, so you really want to be careful. I mean, I'm a detox person anyway, uh, very high standards for the inputs in general I put in my body, but you know, you really want to be clean here. So I don't want any like silicone based lubes. I don't want any of that stuff in the, in this part of the body. Um, so the first product was this beautiful moisturizer and I put it in a wide mouth jar because of my grandmother's silver boudoir, um, thing, you know, like they used to have those silver trays with the mirrors and they, yes. you know, the wide mouth powder puffs and ponds, cold cream jars. And I wanted to be evocative of that, that you could leave it on your night table and it would look beautiful. It wouldn't look like transactional or only for sex, because I really want women to say my intimate health isn't about sexuality and about having sex. Although this stuff feels great when you're having sex. It's about feeling good in my own body and doing this every night. So I say in the book to take a little scoop, put it on your hip points, massage into the groin, get some blood flow, outer labia, inner labia, and leave it on overnight. And just do that every night, five minutes. And it's really a lovely practice. So that's my flagship product, most popular product. 
And then I have a soothing cream that's calendula, arnica, comfrey, all kinds of things to reduce redness, itching, swelling. Um, that's great for razor burns. It's great for after sex. It's great all over the body. I actually just put it out in a full body size. An arousal serum, which brings blood flow and tingling to the to that area, kind of gets it all excited and, and the blood flow comes in and, and that does some more magic. That's off of a Hawaiian plant, Spilanthes acmella, something that's grown in Polynesia called, called buzz buttons that oh, is used that. here. Buzz buttons. For, <laughs> yeah, yeah, buzz buttons. I mean, the buzz buttons, the first time I was in formulation and I was trying to pull formulas from Ayurveda, from Indian uh, medicine, from Chinese medicine, from shamans in South America, from white witch wisdom, from North America, and like basically um, get all the herbs that have been known to support uh, sensual, sexual, and reproductive health uh, into these products. And so I'm in, I'm at home and this guy down the street says, here, have you tried this? And he gives me a little tiny flower and said, bite the head. So you bite the head off and your whole mouth starts to foam, tingle wow. and foam and your lips puff up. And he says that Spilanthes, it's in a Polynesian culture uh, used for dental care. It's an oral hygiene product because it foams and cleans the gums and brings blood flow into the mouth. And it's used for sexual arousal in women. And I was like, you are kidding me. <laughs> and, you know, that's how that ended up in, in this oil. So we did some tests on that and it's pretty powerful. Anyway, more stuff like that. Intimate care and then body care. It's lovely. And I, I've, I've only used the Anoint, so I need to obviously widen my my purchasing on your on your website. But the Anoint is fabulous. It's so uh, soothing and it smells good, but it, it's not overly scented. You know, it smells delicate and it's just it's it's lovely. So I can't you know recommend that enough. Are you are you moving into products yeah. for ma for males as well? Or are you strictly female focused? Well, um, just on the scent, those scents are from actives. I don't add any scent. I, we're, they're just from the active ingredients. I have one product for men. Um, it's called Man Manpower, and it's a we we just have just introduced a couple of supplement products that are sort of natural testosterone and 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 estrogen support, and that's the one that's aimed at men. It's beautiful, it's like pine pollen and beet and things that have great studies against them. Um, and men do steal the Soothe Cream constantly, <laughs> which is one of the reasons that I've made it in a larger tube. But no, we're focused on women. I mean, you know, what's a woman? What's a man? I, when I first started, people were like, I'm a, I'm, I have a vagina, but I'm a man. And I was like, oh, okay. So I have learned how to be more cognizant of the breadth of people who are in the middle of the gender continuum, not necessarily even transgender, but like combination gender. Sure. And really just say, if you have this, if you have these needs, these products support them and, and speak to it in that way. It, they're inclusive. You, you take such an interesting approach to sharing your products. We touched on it earlier, but you have a podcast, uh, The Rose Woman. Your website shares really amazing essays that I would encourage all listeners to go check out. You you cover topics, you know, really a wide range about why you should stop doom scrolling on social media, you know, how to live with joy. Um, uh, you talk about the male menopause, caring for yourself for a divorce. You really you surround um, your 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 um, customer with so much love and support. Is this something that you did deliberately, or is this something that uh, grew out of your customers' needs? You should be a fly on the wall in my marketing team meetings because <laughs> they can't handle it. 
They're like, what are you talking about? I said, you know, the mission of the company is more joy, less suffering, period. Like, what if you really believed that your whole life was here to just be enjoyed? That's it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be good. You don't have to be successful. You just have to enjoy it. And then do what comes out of joy. And for me, you asked the self-love question before, that's the most loving thing you can do. And then from there, there are all these systemic structures. And so you might have guessed by now that my brain goes in a lot of different directions. (laughs) And so the team's like, just talk about sexuality and women's anatomy. And I'm like, no, please don't put me in a box. So um, yeah, I think it's really vital to, uh, to really think about like all of the different components of like how do we support this little bundle of nerves and blood that is our body and to regulate our nervous system and to come from a sweet and loving place and to understand that the systems out there are really arrayed to not have you live from joy but to live from um obligation and i feel that that's a that is the broader mission um is to help people love their lives and enjoy their lives more. And that's probably my life mission, um, not just this company. What a great mission. More joy, less suffering. I, you know, I'm, I'm personally, I'm here for it. Uh, Christine, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, when I looked, <laughs> we're, I think we're all here for that. Um, but I, I did want to ask you something that caught my eye again when I was on your website and looking at your bio. It, it, you know, it shares the usual, you know, um, CEO bio information, like that you're a six-time founder. But then it goes on to say that you're a mother and that you're a grandmother. And that caught my eye because this show is all about aging out loud, you know, uh, aging unapologetically. But in my in my day job, I work with uh, I'm a career coach. I help clients share their professional story, primarily on LinkedIn, but again on bios. And it people are very uh, leery about sharing their age. And you do not see people leaning into being a grandmother. You do not see people leaning into being a grandfather. What what made you include that information on your bio? Why is it important for you to you know, age out loud in that way. That was such a conscious decision. You know, um, if I was applying for a job with someone else, there is so much ageism about older people, not just women, uh, that I think is completely misplaced. Um, there's a, a wonderful blog, uh, a man, it's ad aged, A-D-A-G-E-D.com. And it's a man who talks about getting kicked out of the ad industry and what he thought was the peak of his career. Well, for me, I'm at the peak of my career, peak of my thinking. Um, I'm a matriarch. I work my ass off to raise my four kids, two step kids from two and eight, um, as well as caring for countless other children that came through my life. To be a grandmother is this incredible joy. And the idea that I would have to hide that to sort of preserve myself forever as a 37 year old, um, not, you know, not like just the right balance of maturity and tech savvy kind of positioning is just not true about the world. And if I can stand out and say, here, this is me. I have all of this experience, all all of this excitement. I'm now at the point in my life where my children are adulting. And that means I'm free. I'm in what I call the free period. I don't have actual periods. I actually have more time free than I've ever had. And I have all of this energy and capacity. And I want that to be honored. I didn't get all those stretch marks and scarring and and late nights and, you know, kids crashing cars into trees and college acceptances, 
you know, I didn't do all that stuff to like hide it. It was a, an amazing journey. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I so love that. And and by the way, I'm I'm just I'm just the, the notion of you have you've traded periods for free periods. I think that every woman on this show who is, you know, perimenopause or at menopause can relate to that because there is this um, you know, you, you you've moved into a phase of your life where you're able to have more capacity um and, and just sort of more integrity and more intellect and and, and you know, more time, which is so when we started the show, I said, thank you, Christine, for your time today, because it's our most valuable resource. And I'm I'm so thrilled that you you found time in your day to be with us and our guests. Um, we're nearing the end of our time together. But I did want to ask you before we wrap up, if there is a particular Rosebud Woman product or resource that you love and that that's a part of your daily practice that our listeners should know about, or if there's any other resource that you want to share. Yeah, I am tied between um, the anoint oil, as you said. I think I've gone through three bottles since December, <laughs> and um, the Honor Ball. Uh, so those are our two flagship products. One's all body, and one's intimate care. Although I do use the Honor Balm on my eyes, whatever that's Ooh, for. I'm gonna. That's a. I um, I, I could so use please, that. Please try our products. I the, your products are amazing. I'm adding the Honor Balm. I think we have a discount code for your listeners also. So if they want to try it, that would be wonderful. I'd be so happy. You're going to love them. The thing is, I like to give everybody in the universe a sample because they would all come back and buy them. Thank you so much for being so generous to offer a discount code to the listeners because I'm going to encourage them all to head to your website. It's absolutely stunning. Follow you on social media. Can you can you let our listeners know where they should find you? If you're interested in women's intimate care and loving your body more, go to rosewoman.com. And if you're interested in broader ideas on enjoying your life, the amazing gifts that we have uh, right around us to shift our state without any medication, uh, then go to xcinem.com, xcinem.com for broader philosophy and engagement. Christine, thank you so much. It was such a treat having you here today. I'm so glad you're being a voice for women over 50. It really is one of the, it is it is the best time of my life. And I wish I could have told 30-year-old self that. Do not fear, it's the best time of your life. I, I, what a fabulous note to end on. I could not agree more. Christine, thank you so much. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women over 50 who are aging without apology. All month long, we're exploring love from every angle. Join me next week when I talk Galentine's and the enduring power of female friendships with the author of Girl Talk. Special thanks to Michael Mancini Productions, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time, and until then, age boldly, beauties. Beauties.